Amen. We got any first-time visitors here today? Anyone? Some in the back. That's right. Welcome, guys. Anyone else? Two in the back. Sweet one right here. Is that the guy we prayed for? Hey, welcome to Access, man. <laughs> That's a good welcome. That's a good welcome. All right, glad you guys are here. Come introduce yourself to us afterwards. We have the table in the back. You can connect with as well. Um, my name is Jake. I, I have the privilege of uh, leading this uh, ministry called Access. It's, it's a phenomenal opportunity. I'm privileged. I'm honored just to... Esther's here. Esther, what's up? It's been a while. Sorry for calling you out. But I get the privilege of serving you guys, so... Sorry, I'm kind of weird tonight. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, and now my app won't load, so I'm going to wing it tonight, I guess. Um, so I get to lead this, this, this ministry called Access. And tonight, I really, we're going to be moving into a series um, the next four weeks for the month of May. And, it, and it's titled Roots. But before we get into the roots, I want to mention... Um, a thing we have going on here with Access on May 13 is called the Encounter Conference. And so it's, it's not this coming Saturday, but the Saturday after that. And so basically what it is, is you remember we talked about how our vision, we talked about the three E's, the, the uh, encounter, engage, and equip. This is a part of that. Well, we're, our desire is to equip you guys in order to hear God's voice, but also activate it in your everyday life. Okay, so what it's going to look like, it's like an all-day event. It's only $10 in the morning, and it includes like food and, and whatnot. In the morning, um, we're going to look at and, and go through some hearing God exercises. We're going to really push identity. We're going to really push the love of God and how much God loves us, and we're going to give an opportunity for us to really connect in that way and slow down and really listen to God. And then after that, in the afternoon, we're going to take that experience, and we're going to go and break up into groups of three and four, okay? And then we're going to go out into the community and we're going to ask God questions like, God, where do you want us to go? God, who do you want us to pray for? God, what do you have in store for us during this time? We're going to go in groups of four. I know it sounds scary, but sometimes we have to get outside of our comfort zone and then just step into what God has for us. Um, and so we're going to break up into groups of four. We're going to go out. We're going to pray for people. We're going to, we're going to pray for miracles. We're going, to, we're going to encourage people. We're going to love people. We're going to give. We're going to be generous. And then we're going to just going to have, that's, that's literally going to be for four hours of our afternoon where you're going to be with your group going out. We're going to probably have people go to Holland, Grand Rapids, wherever, and just loving on people. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's like about God's love. God loves people. God loves people. So, um, and then after that, so after we go and, and, and are ministering to people, praying for people, um, we're going to come back at night. We're going to have some dinner. We're going to worship together. And then we're just going to share the testimonies that God did throughout the day. It's going to be a phenomenal experience. It's going to be a, what I believe to be a, 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 an opportunity to shift our perspective on what the Christian life is all about. Because the Christian life was never about coming to church. The Christian life was always about being the church. It was never about a building. It was always about the people in the building getting to know God in order to introduce God to the people they know. And so we're so excited for this opportunity, and um, it's just going to be awesome. So Saturday, May 13, we have sign-ups in the back, and um, we have a computer set up. You can go sign up right there. It's $10. It includes, like, coffee and snacks and dinner, so it's basically like you're just paying for a meal. So, and you get to hang out with us for a whole day. Um, 
So we're in a series in the next four weeks entitled Roots. And so what Roots is about, Roots is about, and we've talked about this before, but I think it's so important, that's why we're, we're addressing it again, is that we all have things in our lives, we all have habits, we all have hang-ups, we all have, we have things that we do that we don't know why. We have, we, have, we have maybe habitual sins that we keep falling into and we can't break free of them. We continue in them, and we don't want to do them, but we continue in them. Or we might have anger problems, or we might have, we might have problems um, with our tongue, and we can't control it. Or we might have problems um, sexually, where we don't want to do things like look at pornography. We don't want to do things like have sex before marriage, but somehow we continue to be in situations that we fall. And what this message is not going to be, what this series is not going to be, is shame on you. You need to get your life together. This, this series, this whole, the whole heart behind it is, there's reasons why we're doing it, and usually they're root issues. Usually it's because we have unresolved pain or we have bad definitions of what freedom actually looks like. And what we're going to attempt to do is present opportunities. This is going to be an engaging, it's going to be an interactive um, four weeks where we're going to be asking you to get real with yourself and, and put yourself in a position to hear from God in order for him to speak truth into you and almost touch maybe some of the areas in your life that you don't want touched. Maybe things that you never tell anyone that you really deal with. And let's go, let's go to those places because there's a verse that's going to be a staple to these four weeks. In the verse, hey, my app opened. This is good. I'm not going to wing it anymore. Um, and, that, and the verse is 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But we only have freedom in the areas that we've allowed the spirit to enter. We only have freedom in the areas that we've allowed the Holy Spirit to to touch. Because sometimes we go like this to the Holy Spirit. We go, uh, God, I believe in you, but you can't touch that. Stiff arm. God, I know you're good, but I don't know if you're good enough to touch that because that just hurts too much. God, I know you love me, but you know what? I've just become so used to pain that I don't want to change. I've identified myself with someone who's hurting and I, I'm scared of what it might look like for me not to hurt. So let's get down to these root issues and let's find healing because we're going to invite Holy Spirit in and he's going to touch it. And he's, Jesus is our healer. Holy Spirit's our healer. He's the only one who can heal us of the pain and of the stuff that we've gone through. He's the only one who can give us freedom. Amen. Amen. So, to start off today, the message is roots, that's the, the, the series, and then it's freedom found in forgiveness. So today we're going to be focusing in on forgiveness, or more specifically, we're going to be focusing in on unforgiveness and what that does to the root system of our lives, what that does to the fruit that we give and the fruit that we see on someone's life and how the unforgiveness actually plays into the fruit that we deliver to the world 
or the actions or the responses that we give to the world. And what I believe at the root of unforgiveness, so the root of our ability and our perspective to forgive is this word called uh, justice. Justice. I believe there's, a, um, there's TV shows, there's a whole genre of TV shows that are centered around justice. You have shows like, um, like this one. Can you play that clip? Do you guys know what this is? Okay, you can turn it off. <laughs> you, have, you have shows like Law and Order. You have shows that are criminal minds. You have shows that are all based on justice. And if we watch shows and we don't, and the, and, and the antagonist doesn't, doesn't come to find justice, we almost get like an unsettling feeling inside of us. Like, oh, I hate that, that the person, they deserved worse. They deserved to get caught. They deserved to get killed. They deserved, to, they deserved all the punishment because of the evil that they've done. They deserve justice. And as humans, we actually really feel comfortable around this idea of justice people getting what they deserve, karma. So I looked up the definition of justice. The definition is the administering of deserved punishment or reward. You get what you deserve. You get what you deserve, karma. What I believe at the root of unforgiveness is, is a poor definition. I wouldn't even say a poor definition, but it's a... Um, excuse me, there's, it's a human definition of justice. And I'm not saying that, the, that justice is wrong and, and people getting what they, I'm, I'm saying in, in a sense of unforgiveness, in a sense of how we relate to people and deal with pain and deal with offense, we have to get a kingdom or we have to get a godly biblical definition of what justice truly is. What did Jesus have to say about justice? What did he have to say about it? What did he have to say about justice? Because here, here's what we believe. We believe that free people, free people. Hurt people, hurt people. Free people, free people, and hurt people and hurt people. I said that funny, I'm sorry. And our desire is that we as a group would be so free that we would see a hurting world beyond us and we would desire to help others become free through Jesus Christ. That's the whole reason. We're not here to shame you and make you like look into yourself and be so depressed. Oh, why is he making me look inside? There's a reason. It's because free people free people. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, one of our primary goals is to receive as much freedom from our past as we can so that we can administer freedom wherever we go. Because if we're hurt, we'll always see people and we'll identify with hurt people and we'll say, yeah, I'm hurt, you're hurt, eh, that's just life. But there's this, there's this higher calling that Jesus is calling us to, which is to be free. Free from offense, free from unforgiveness, free from what people do to us. And I really believe that Jesus came to set us free. So unforgiveness. How does this play into it? 
The reality is unforgiveness is a cancer to the life. Unforgiveness is a cancer to the life that God has called us to live. It is, it's the ball and chain that, that hold us back. It's the thing that drags us down. It's the thing that keeps us connected to our past. It's the thing that's connected to our old life, the life that hurts, the life, that, life that's painful. Unforgiveness keeps us attached to that when God has called us to run the race forward. Unforgiveness drags us down, keeps us in pain, keeps us in hurt. This is not what I'm saying tonight. I'm not saying that forgiveness is an easy thing. I'm not saying that it's going to be, it's an easy task to forgive somebody who, who might have wronged you, who might have really hurt you, who might have done things that were unimaginable to you. I'm not saying that it's an easy task, but I'm saying that, that, that Jesus has, has set a clear model for us on how to live and how to deal with forgiveness. He set a very clear model for us. And part of that is I think he's, he's delivered to us a different or a kingdom or a godly perspective or definition on justice. Because if I, I believe that we need to change our definition of justice in order to effectively forgive others. So I'm going to offer you a, uh, a different definition of justice. And I call it uh, kingdom justice. It's when men and women, men and women who are made right by the Spirit of God. So this is the justice that Jesus loves. Instead of giving people what they deserve, Jesus gives people what he deserves. Justice. Instead of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, it's no matter how many times your neighbor wrongs you, you forgive them. See, in the Old Testament law, it was said that if you murdered someone, you would in turn have to be murdered. It was if someone knocked your tooth out, they would have to knock it. If, if somebody poked your eye out, you would have to poke your eye out. It was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And all it ever did was, was create a bunch of hillbillies and blind people. Uh, I'm going to move on real quick, quickly. Um, uh, no offense to anyone who, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to move on. That's terrible. I'm sorry. I'm like, my, my, my soul is like, oh, what did you just say? I'm so sorry. Pray for me. Um, <laughs> I can't get over this right now. It's not an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's when we receive what Jesus deserves. And when we, when we take on that, that perspective, that definition of justice, it allows us to move forward into forgiveness. So tonight we're going to be going through, and I'm going to present an opportunity for all of us to identify or evaluate or take an inventory on maybe some people who we just haven't forgiven to take an inventory of our lives to say, if I held offense against somebody, if I held that against them, if I, am I still dealing with pain and hurt of what somebody did to me a long time ago? We're going to give you that opportunity, but, but before we do, I want to I present some lies about forgiveness. And then I want to present some truth about forgiveness.
So I'm gonna present some lies and, I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna present the truth that is connected with that lie. Here's the first lie of forgiveness. Not forgiving someone allows me to have control over that person or the situation. So unforgiveness allows me to have the upper hand on somebody else. Unforgiveness, holding on to what they did, allows me to have some sort of power over somebody else. But if you really think about it logically, it doesn't make much sense because if you think about it, we're actually, when we don't forgive, when we're holding unforgiveness, we're allowing that person to have the power and authority over us. They control our mood. They control our state of being. They control everything that's going on within our soul. But we think we have the upper hand because we're holding it against them. The world will say that if you can hate or if you can hold something, you'll be more powerful if you hold a grudge. I think the opposite, of true, the opposite is true. It's way more powerful to forgive. It's way more powerful to let go. It's way more powerful to show mercy than it is to hold a grudge because anyone can hold a grudge. Jesus, who is the only one who could show true mercy. Anyone can hold a grudge. Anyone can hold unforgiveness. It's very easy. And when we hold that, we're allowing other people to control the, the state of being that our life is in. And here's the truth that pertains to that lie. It's just what I said. Unforgiveness gives the other person total control over you. They own real estate in your mind. They own a part of you. There's a part, when we, when we don't forgive, there's a part of that person, there's a part of that situation, it's actually chemical, it's scientific, it's actually real, that they own a part of your mind. And we say we have power over them when they own a part of our mind. So we have this unforgiveness that's dealt with and we say, God, please take it from me. We say, God, I don't want to do this anymore. God, I, want, I don't want to do this anymore. The devil's tempting me in this, tempting me in this. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You see, what the problem is, is that you cannot submit what you do not own. So if another person owns real estate in your mind, you cannot submit that part of your mind to God because you don't own it. That other person owns that in your mind. So in order to submit that part of our mind, we have to go through a process of forgiveness to that other person or to the situation. And the irony about unforgiveness, the irony about it is holding it doesn't heal you. Holding unforgiveness doesn't, it doesn't make the situation better. It doesn't, it doesn't heal you. It doesn't, it doesn't remedy any situation. It just, it lingers. And it sticks with you and it doesn't improve your life. And we think it's, it's helping us, but it's really hurting us. And here's the second lie. Forgiving someone lets them off the hook. Forgiving someone is admitting that what they did was Okay. It's admitting that what they did has no consequences. It's admitting it's putting them off the hook for what they did. There's no consequences. Here's the truth about that. When we forgive, 
it actually puts them from your hook onto God's hook. God is the fairest judge of them all. And when we take it upon ourselves to judge people, we're doing a job that we were never created to do. We were never meant to carry that burden. So when, we, when, we're, when we're dealing with this and we're saying, okay, God, I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm putting them on your hook and allowing you to, to, to deliver justice to them. But remember, it's not the justice that we think of. It's not letting them off the hook and putting them on God's hook and saying, okay, God, now they're on your hook. And now, God, bring your wrath upon them that I couldn't, God, take their car, take their job. No, it's not that kind of justice. Remember, because we redefined what justice meant. It's men and women who are made right by the Spirit of God and saying, okay, God, I cannot do anything to save that person, so I choose to forgive them so that they can put on your hook so that you can deliver justice to them, God, so that they can be made right in your sight. We're not letting them off the hook, guys. We're not saying that it's what they did was okay, but we're choosing to release the effect and the control that what they did, we're choosing to release the control that that situation has had on us. We're not saying it's okay. Here's another lie. Forgiving someone means I have to forget what happened. So, see, every time, I, every time I get in contact with Bobby, Bobby just like slaps me upside the head. So every time I walk by Bobby, he just goes. And so I'm like, dude, what? I really do not like being around Bobby. Like, he's really annoying. So, but I don't hold on forgiveness because I'm a Christian. And so, <laughs> so I, I forgive him. I choose to forgive him. But every time he, I get near him, he slaps me upside the head. So then I forgive him again, and I let it go. I'm like, okay, I, just, I don't know what's wrong with Bobby. But tomorrow when I see him, I'm going to stay a little bit farther away from him. And then the next day, I'm, I'm not going to hold bitterness, but I'm going to choose to keep my distance away from him because when I get near him, there's not, there's not positive interaction between us. Does that make sense? So just because we forgive someone... It doesn't mean we have to forget what happened. It doesn't mean we have to forget what that person did. It just, once again, it's choosing to release the authority that they've, that they've had in our lives. We're choosing to put them on God's hook to deliver that justice. And here's another reality about forgiveness. Here's another I think, uh, I think there's freedom in this, in this statement that forgiveness is, is a choice that's made in a moment. Trust is only built over time. So forgiveness is a, is a choice that we make in a moment, but it does not mean that we have to trust the person. 
That does not mean that we trust our heart with them again. And this is also means this. It also means that we, just because we forgive someone does not mean that we can be a doormat and we keep going back and we keep going back and we have to keep getting hurt, keep getting hurt, keep getting hurt. No, we're, we're intelligent and we're wise and we're discerning about the situation. And we say, God, okay, I choose to forgive them, but I'm going to be wise and protecting my heart. I'm going to choose to protect my heart while I forgive and while I release the effect that, that what that person said did, sin did to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a quote from N.R. Mayo. That's Nick Mayo. <laughs> it's his reverend name. Reverend Bishop Nick Mayo. Um, so he talks, this is, this is uh, something that Nick shares. And I, you guys, I, Nick and I talk a lot. We have great like talks about God and, and I steal so much from him and I never give him any credit. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving him his credit tonight. So, um, so unforgiveness, if we really think about it logically, okay, what happens is it really doesn't, we really are putting ourselves in a position that we're never meant to be in. So if you think, okay, God, Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. So Jesus has actually already forgiven everyone in the world, but it's our choice to receive the forgiveness. Are you, are you connecting with me? So Jesus has already made a statement that said, everyone is forgiven. But in order to be forgiven, you have to believe in what I did. So everyone is forgiven for everything they've ever done. He says, I've forgotten, their, I've forgotten their sin as far as from the east as from the west, so I've forgotten the sins and the trespasses you have committed. He says he's thrown our sin into a sea of forgetfulness. It's like taking a bottle of water and dumping it into Lake Michigan and trying to find it. Good luck. So God has forgiven everyone. God is here in, in, in places of authority. So what we do in, with unforgiveness is we actually say, and what we're saying in essence when we choose not to forgive someone is, God, I'm placing myself in higher authority than what you are. Because God has already forgiven everyone. But we're saying, God, I, you don't know my situation though. God, you don't know my situation, so I'm going to choose to not forgive and I'm going to put my place, I'm going to idolize myself into a, to a position of authority over God. When he's already forgiven everyone, and we say, God, no, we know better. We know better. Jesus talked about forgiveness in Matthew 18. So, so his disciples come to him. They say, they say, Jesus, 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 how many times must we forgive? How many times must we forgive? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, 77 times. Or in other, other parts, it says 70 times, seven times. Basically, what that number means is infinitely a number of times you should forgive your brother or sister. And then Jesus goes to tell this parable about a man, who, a servant who owed billions of dollars to his master. And he went to his master. He said, give me time, give me time and I'll pay you back. And the master says, no. And then he begs him, he begs him, he begs him. He says, please just give me time and I'll pay you back. And, the, and then the, finally the master says to the servant, he says, I forgive you of all your debt. 
And then that servant actually had a servant underneath him who owed him a hundred dollars. And so once he was freed of his debt, he went to his servant and he said, you owe me a hundred dollars. Give me the hundred dollars that you owe me. And the servant said, just give me some time. Give me some time. Give me some time. Just give me some time to pay the money back. And he says, no, I'm going to throw you in jail until you can repay the debt that you owe me. And so then the word gets around to the master and, 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 and basically the other servant said, listen, that dude you just forgave, man, he was totally a jerk and he didn't forgive the person who only owed him $100. And so the master takes the man who didn't forgive and he says, how dare you? How could you? How could you forget the debt that was, that, that was forgiven you? How could you forget that? Because of that, I'm throwing you in prison. And he threw him in prison. And Jesus, what I believe, he was setting a precedence to forgiveness. He was saying, if you ever want to forgive, if we ever want to truly understand forgiveness, we need to look in the mirror. If we ever want to truly look in forgiveness, we have to focus on ourselves first and look at how much we've been forgiven. Because if we do not get in that in perspective of how much we've been forgiven, we'll never be able to administer forgiveness to others. Because we'll always constantly be placing ourselves in higher authority than God. Instead of looking at him saying, God, you've forgiven me so much. God, I'm so undeserving of this. God, how could I ever hold anything back? How could I not forgive someone else when they've forgiven me? And constantly in scripture, it talks about, it talks about this idea in Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Forgive others because God forgave you. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. You guys, when we, ch when we choose to forgive, it's the greatest expression of love. It's when we're most like God. When we forgive, we're actually releasing, we're actually uh, releasing freedom to the world that we live in. And people, when people see forgiveness, man, they, they're so attracted to it because it's God's nature to forgive. And when we forgive, we're actually partnering with God's nature to bring heaven to earth through forgiveness. When we talk about heaven, like we sing it tonight, like let heaven come, right? Let heaven come on earth as it is in heaven. Do you realize there's no unforgiveness in heaven? So if we're going to pray on earth as it is in heaven for miracles, we also have to deal with it in forgiveness. Right? There's no unforgiveness in heaven. When we choose to forgive, we're partnering with the very spirit of God to deliver freedom to the world that we live in. It brings breakthrough in our spheres of influence. We were never meant to carry unforgiveness. In the Bible, it talks about casting your cares on him for he cares for you. Casting the unforgiveness on him because we were never made to carry it. It's literally killing us. Freedom is found in forgiveness. It's a decision that's made. It's a decision that can be made in a moment. It's a decision that can be made tonight, and it's not easy. <laughs> There's like a, a pastor's quote that says, forgiveness is really easy to talk about from stage. It's really hard to do in real life. It's really hard to actually choose to forgive someone. 
But here's the, here's the decision that we're making. So when we talk about making a choice to forgive, this is the decision we're making. It's saying this, I choose to live with the consequences of that person's sin and not holding it against them. I choose to live with the consequences of what they might, done, might have done. I choose to live with those things. They're not going to disappear. But I choose not to hold it against them. Jasmine, if you could come up, that'd be awesome. So there's freedom, I think, that's going to be found tonight in forgiveness. And remember, when we forgive, we're not saying what they did was okay. But we're choosing to release the power that that, that unforgiveness is holding in our mind. And there's some things, there's some, there's some things and some, uh, some points that are going to be um, put on the, on the screen here. Some, some things that we can think or some, some things that we can say in order to help in this process of forgiveness. Um, so before that, though, we're going to be going to a time right now where we're going to kind of get real with ourselves. We talked about we're going to get real. We're going to have to dig inside and, and deal with this unforgiveness. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, then I'm sorry because I really believe that there's freedom found in it. There's freedom for you. You were never meant to carry unforgiveness. I was never meant to carry it. But it's also, it's, it's a choice. So what I want everyone to do is if you have like a phone or if you have a notepad, and maybe some of you right now are thinking, you know, I can already think of people who I, have, I need to forgive. It's th- those people are already coming to your mind, those situations, those, those hurts, those pains, those scenarios are coming to your mind. And I want to challenge you to say, don't shut that out. Don't shut it out. Don't turn it off because it's painful. Because the very person who can heal you from your pain is Jesus. And when we shut it down, we're actually hiding from our healer. He's the only one who can heal it. So if you have a phone, if you have something that you can write with, I challenge you to start writing a list of people that you need to forgive. And then if you have to write it out, or maybe you can just think and, and, and think through everything that they've done. So what it might look like is this, I choose to forgive God. God, I choose to forgive so-and-so. I choose, it might be your dad. I, God, I choose to forgive my dad for abandoning me. I choose to forgive my dad for, for leaving me and, and never believing in me and, and being gone and, and being absent from my life. God, I choose to forgive him. And then you might say some of these things that are going to be on the screen here. God, I hand, and you can even picture it, God, I hand this offense over to you, God. I place the justice in your hands. God, I give you the place in my mind that I gave to that person. So these are some things that you can actually work through with God. And what I, what I encourage you to do is to sit in the presence of God through this with him. What I believe is going to happen is that the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to, he's going to take that burden and he's going to lift it off of you.
to anyone. I've, I've dealt with that forgiveness. I've given that over to God. What I want you to do is I want you to check your heart because a common, um, what I like to call a sibling of unforgiveness is judgment. To ask ourselves, God, have I, have I been judging people? Have I been judging people in my life? Because the Bible talks about the same measure that you judge, it'll be judged back to you. And what that basically means is the limits that you placed on other people, those same limits we placed on you. So to check your heart and say, God, have I been judging anyone? Because judging, judging others actually stops the flow of God's power in your life.
John 1, 9 says, it talks about if we confess our sins, it says Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a healing, there's a healing dynamic to forgiveness that when we forgive, Jesus heals us. That when we forgive, Jesus heals our mind, our soul, and he heals us. Unforgiveness when we choose when we say, God, when we when we confess that we've held this as a sin, when we choose and we confess that and we ask God to take it, there's healing in that, there's freedom in that. It says He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means He'll cleanse us. He's promised it in His Word, and He will come through. He has to come through. So God, I pray that you cleanse us all right now in your righteousness. That God, as we forgive, that as we choose to confess and we choose to say, God, we've held on to it, but we choose to release it to you. I pray a righteousness from heaven that comes upon each one of us right now in Jesus' name. And then God, we would, we would, we would experience a type of freedom in our soul, a freedom in our mind, a freedom that we've never experienced before, God. If that's you and you want that, I ask that you posture your hands in a position to receive like this. If you want that healing and that righteousness, that, that, that freedom, posture yourself like this. So God, right now, healing in Jesus' name.
share some, uh, this is a bit closer. Um, I want to share some thoughts on unforgiveness here. Just some things that I've heard people talk about and, and I've read in the Bible that some people mention. There's some verses in the Bible that says, if you do not forgive, your heavenly father will not forgive you. Have you guys heard that verse before? In my heart, I've always thought that to be a very scary verse. God, if I'm holding on forgiveness, you won't forgive me. And I'm here to say, I do not want you to feel condemned if you're still holding on forgiveness because there's still freedom found for you. You're not, you're not, in tr- you're not, I would say you're not in danger of hell if just you're holding on to some, some bitterness and, and unforgiveness. You're still fighting through that. But there is a level of freedom that you're still not walking into if you're still living in it. I don't want you to leave here feeling condemned and feeling feeling um, down and out. If you're here, if you're here, this is I'm gonna close a little bit differently than usual. If you're here and you say, you know what, I know God, I know I'm right with God. And I know Jesus Christ, I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I received the forgiveness of sins, and I've made my connection with God through Holy Spirit that I have a relationship with God. If you've, if you've made that decision and you're sure, I want you to raise your hand. Say, you know what, I've received Jesus, I've received God. And no one looking around, don't look at your neighbors, see if they're raising their hand. If that's you, raise your hand, awesome. If you're someone and you said, and you were really hesitant to raise your hand and say, you know, I think I, I think I'm right with God, but I don't really know. If you're someone who says, you know what? I I can't really raise my hand. What I want you to do is I want you to come up. We want to talk to you. And if you want to make that decision today, we want to talk to you. We want to pray with you. I'll be down here. We'll have some other uh, leaders up in the front here. Um, They'd love to pray with you. Love just to talk to you um, about kind of what you're going through. And if you're also here and you're, you're still having trouble kind of forgiving someone, you're still having trouble working through that, we'll have people excuse me, people up front as well to, to walk with you through that. So God, as we leave, I pray God for, I thank you God for your healing power, God. And I thank you Jesus for the power that there is in forgiveness and through what you did, Jesus, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can be sons and daughters once again, so that we can be agents of change, we can be agents of love wherever we go so that we can be free, so that we can free people in turn, God. So that when we see the broken, God, we don't see problems, God, but we see potential. We don't see problems, but we see an opportunity for God to heal someone. And God, I pray that we'd be a people who forgive offenses. We'd be a people who forgive. We'd be a people who see the best in people. And we'd be a people love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, God, that we'd seek you first above all else. In Jesus' name.